Well, today we are focusing on verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. I love this verse. It's like simple, straightforward, and yet there are so many aspects to this. So many layers. So I'm very excited for what God has in store for us this morning. We're only going to get to a couple of those layers, but I know that God is going to meet us here. And so let's get started on the right foot, and that would be with prayer. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, our good and gracious God, we honor your name this morning. We thank you for all that you are, how you move in and through and among us. God, would you give us this day our daily bread? Would you lead us into more of you? Would you reveal more of who you are? And it's in the name of Jesus, who is our bread, that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. So bread. Do you know that there's 500 about mentions of bread in the Bible? It's like this really interesting thread all the way through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. It's fascinating. And bread is very symbolic in the Bible. What are some things that bread might symbolize in Scripture? Jesus' body. Nourishment. Sustenance, I heard. Anything else? Provision from God from heaven. Yes, absolutely. Bread is provision. It's sustenance. It's what we need to live. The, the air in our lungs, the blood pulsing through our veins is provision. It's sustenance. It's keeping us alive. It is from God. It is his provision. And bread, I mean, who doesn't like bread? I love bread. Yeah? I mean, it's simple, it's basic, it like holds my turkey and cheese together. It's something to put my peanut butter on. Bread. And, you know, bread, it, there's all kinds of bread. There's like sweet bread and savory bread. And what are some of your favorite kind of bread? Italian. Italian bread. Sourdough bread. Herb and cheese bread. Come on. So many kinds of bread. Uh, so I have a good friend. His name is Jim Gaffigan. He's not really my friend, but I feel like he's my friend because he makes me laugh. But he, he says and is very complimentary to Jesus for being in like really good shape, looking stellar in all of those paintings that we see him in, which is especially impressive, he says, because Jesus could multiply bread whenever he wanted. <laughs> and he wonders if Jesus would multiply different kinds of bread, like, boom, pretzel bread. <laughs> boom, garlic knots. So silly. It's so silly. I know that Jesus did not multiply pretzel bread. I mean, if he had, there would not have been any leftovers. And the Bible clearly tells us there were baskets left over. I mean, that proves it right there. But bread, it has been, it's like this staple nourishment across cultures, 
and over centuries. And our prayer today, give us this day our daily bread. This is today's bread, not next week's bread, not yesterday's bread. Have you ever tried eating for more than one day? You ever maybe like overdo it at Thanksgiving and like so stuffed like, oh my gosh, I am not eating for a week. I've been, more, I've been known to say that on more than one occasion, but by 9 a.m. the next morning, I'm like, all right, who's making the pancakes? Yeah. We can eat only for one day, even as so, you know, we get stuffed, but it's like, yeah, it's one day. This is an invitation to stay in today, to live in the only day that we can today. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are created. We were made to live within the constraints of time. One day, one moment at a time. And if I need bread to live, and I'm only given enough bread for today, what do I need to do tomorrow? I need to come again with my need, and doing this day in and day out, this daily rhythm, what is that going to do? Yeah, it's going to build trust, not just in the provision, in the provider. What does this remind you of, this daily bread concept in the Bible? Yes, manna. That is exactly the answer I was hoping for. Uh, We're going to read in Exodus 16. We're going to take a a little bit and look at the manna in the desert. I think only verse 4 will be on the screen behind, but I would like to start reading uh, in verse 1. Exodus 16, verse 1. They set out from Elim, all the congregation of the people of Israel, came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day, the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. God literally rained bread from heaven to feed his people. That is so cool. I have always wondered, what did manna really look like? What did it taste like? The Bible gives us a tiny bit of insight and says it tasted like wafers made with honey, but how cool is this? And I think it's really worth highlighting 
that God does this miracle of raining bread from heaven. Sorry, y'all. Jesus is here. God does this miracle on the heels of his people, literally crying out that they should have stayed in Egypt because at least there they had the security of being fed. It's like they're saying, yeah, yeah, we were in bondage, but at least our stomachs were full. These people had literally watched God part the Red Sea after miraculously delivering them from Pharaoh. I think this points out how short-sighted we can be, how quickly we can forget the goodness and the faithfulness of God, which is why the daily is so important. The daily rhythms of going to God are so important lest we forget. See, the people of Israel had not yet learned maybe like many of us, that God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. See, they were slaves taken out of slavery, but their hearts were not free. They were free physically, but their hearts were still in bondage to fear. They were not free to trust And God met them there. He wasn't angry. He wasn't condemning of them. He showed up in their need and in their fear. See, he let them experience their need. And he used it as an opportunity to teach them about his character, about who he is. And that so often is how it is. God uses the physical to teach us about the spiritual. The creator reveals himself through his creation. God uses the physical to teach us about the spiritual. The creator reveals himself through his creation. I remember when I was younger, I heard all these stories of people that had need. Um, people, some of the stories were people long ago and far away, and some were people that I knew that had need of things like food and clothes, money for rent. And they shared these miraculous stories of how God showed up for them, how God provided what they needed and when they needed it. And they shared these stories with such excitement. And I bet several of you have your own stories of God showing up for you, providing for you what you needed and when you needed it. In fact, just this week, I was speaking with someone in our life group who shared having received a check in the mail, random and unexpected, right after praying that God would provide. Well, I had never experienced this. And as I listened to these stories, I remember thinking, wow, I do not want to learn that lesson. (laughs) How many of you can relate to that? I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to sign up for a lesson I know only comes through struggle and trial. Thanks, though. I'm good. And here's the thing about God. He's a good father. And he really loves his kids. 
God really loves me. I'm his daughter. And his intention toward me is always for my best. Because under that proclamation that I was good, so good, with my plenty, was fear, actually. I was afraid to learn the lesson that my friends had learned and shared with me with such joy. See, my heart was not free. My heart wasn't free to trust him. Fear was holding me back from experiencing some of the goodness and the faithfulness of God that he has for me. See, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So God decided to help me with this. In fact, he keeps helping me with this because the places in our heart that are occupied by fear or self-reliance or over-dependence on other people or pride are areas that are not fully surrendered to God and therefore are keeping us from experiencing the fullness of God. The places in our heart that are not fully surrendered to God are keeping us from experiencing the fullness of God. So God lovingly let me experience my need. I found myself as a single mom without plenty and concerned about having enough food and concerned about having where was the money for new socks and shoes going to come from. And it was uncomfortable and it was not fun. But I've got to be honest, it was good. Psalm 119 verse 71 says this, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. When we learn God's statutes, his laws, we learn about God, we learn his character. And I needed to learn to come in contact, experientially come in contact with Jehovah Jireh, my provider, so as I felt my need, as he lovingly allowed me to experience this need, and as I took that need to God, he met me there in very real and, yes, miraculous ways. I remember this morning, this one morning, I prayed as I read the story of the widow whose oil didn't run out, that our peanut butter jar was not going to run out. It, see, in our family, we have this deep need and love for peanut butter. <laughs> Amen. Later that day, there was a jar of peanut butter and an envelope of cash on my porch. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh was there. Jehovah Jireh was there the whole time. He was there when the pantry was full. I knew that in my head. But until I experientially felt this need, that knowledge was going to stay 
head deep. It's like that fear was keeping that knowledge from making its way down into the deep places of my heart and my soul where I could truly know Jehovah Jireh. He helped me trust him more fully. Now, I am not saying that we all need to experience financial lack in order to experience God as Jehovah Jireh. What I am saying is that when we daily take our needs to God, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, is there. He is there for us. What is it that you need today? Where do you have a felt need this morning? Is it something physical like food, clothes, finances for rent? Is it something emotional like comfort, peace, or joy? Is it something mental like clarity of thought or understanding? Is it something spiritual like grace, salvation, assurance? Or is it something relational like friendship, forgiveness? Or do you just need to be seen and heard in a safe place? It is totally okay to have need. I think in this culture of self-reliance and pride and performance, it really has messed with us, this aspect of having need. Having need is human. It is part of our humanity. We're created with intention in having need as people. We all have need of different things, different times. Daily, we have need. Give us this day our daily bread. That is an an ask of God to meet us in our need. See, our need has the intention of drawing us toward God, toward our Jehovah Jireh the one who provides all things, the one from whom all blessings come. This prayer, give us this day, our daily bread is an invitation. I'm going to say a strong recommendation that we take our need to the one who can provide. And this daily rhythm will build our faith and deepen our trust in Jehovah Jireh. So we've got three takeaways right here as we think about this prayer. Give us this day, our daily bread, and as we remember manna in the wilderness. Number one, we have to know our need. Not just in our heads, but allow ourselves to really experience what is it that we need today. We all have need different things at different times, and our physical, emotional, mental needs ultimately are needs for his provision, his forgiveness, his mercy, his presence. So we have to know our need. And then number two, we have to take our need to God. There's lots of places we can go with our need, to ourselves, to the world, to other people, to the internet, Lord have mercy. True satisfaction, though, that deep soul contentment, that only comes from God. 
We've got to take our needs there. And then number three, when we do this, when we get into this daily rhythm of taking our needs to God, that produces faith and it deepens our trust in our relationship with God. In John chapter 6, you can turn there if you want, you don't need to. In John chapter 6, Jesus performs the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Probably not with pretzel bread. And the next day, after Jesus does this miracle, crowds of people come looking for him. And they have to, like, search for him. And they finally find him. Jesus has a challenge for them. And he says this. In John chapter 6, verse 26, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you. Okay, if Jesus is saying truly more than once, we had better listen. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus is pointing out that it was the people's felt need that were now drawing them to him. The fact that their physical needs were met. And then he says this in my paraphrase. Don't stop there. Don't stop at just getting your physical needs met. There is so much more. Come and find the provision for your souls, for eternal life. Let your felt need draw you to your real need, which is for God. Remember, God uses the physical to teach us about the spiritual. And then Jesus says this, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life. Jesus literally is our manna. He is literally our manna, our daily bread. He is the bread of our lives. He is the sustenance, the nourishment, the provision for our daily lives. Everything in our lives, everything about our lives, everything for our lives is ultimately satisfied in the person of Jesus. Let your felt need draw you to your real need for Jesus. Jesus is like our staple nourishment. He holds all things in our lives together, like the bread that holds my turkey and cheese. He is also the special, the varied, the savory, and the sweet, the garlic knots and the pretzel bread of our lives, if you will. All of this, he holds it all. When you came in this morning, there was this cute little package on your seat. Uh, this, 
I'm going to invite you to grab this and just hold it in your hands for a minute. What you're holding, what this actually is, is a feast. This is a feast. Jesus says in verse 35, Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In other words, we will be satisfied in him. And then he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. In other words, our lives are secure in him and eternal in him. And then he says in verse 55, for my flesh, which is represented by that cute little wafer right there, is true food. And my blood, represented by this juice, is true drink. Whoever feasts on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. We do this as a physical representation of a spiritual reality. We take this meal physically and it represents what has already happened spiritually. We receive this gift of eternal life and take it into ourselves that his life would live in and through us. Whoever feasts on this meal, how many of you believe you can feast this morning? You can feast on this meal and keep feasting. We keep coming to the one who provides all things. We will indeed be satisfied. Amen? Amen. We are going to take communion. I'm just going to invite the worship team to come up and play some soft music for us. Um, and as the band plays... I'm going to invite you to spend a little time with your father, your sustainer, your daily manna. Bring to him whatever is your felt need right now, today. What do you need in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your body? What is your felt need this morning? Maybe there are lots of things. That's okay. He already knows it, and you can bring it all. He delights when we bring any and everything to him. So I'm going to invite you to spend a little time with your father, your provider, your daily manna. And on your own time, you can take and enjoy this meal. So I'm going to pray for us and allow you to spend some time, some time with God, and take this meal as you bring your needs to him and know that he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, he is there for you and wants only 
to draw you further into himself, that your felt need would lead you to your real need, and that would be to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your life, for the body that is broken for us, for the blood that is spilled out for us, that we might have the opportunity, the invitation to have life in you and through you. Thank you that you created us to have need and that those needs draw us further into knowing you, trusting you, and having faith that you are our provider, you are Jesus, our daily manna. I pray a blessing among this beautiful family this morning, just that you would meet us each in our places of need and whatever that looks like for each of us this morning, that you would lead us further into your heart, further into the truth of who you are. We're grateful that in you we have life. In Jesus' name I pray.